When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 10th time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elam Road podcast, where on tonight's show we're going to be looking back to that 3-1 victory over Luton on Saturday, as well as briefly looking forward to Brighton on Wednesday night in what promises to be a very, very fun game. I was just speaking to a Brighton fan, but he's like a, he's involved in, in football and uh, he's expecting goals. That one will be dropping tomorrow night. But tonight, obviously, the focus is on Luton. Talking us through this, one of the usual suspects, Craig. Craig, how are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Lovely stuff. Callum, all good, Sam? All good. All good, boys. Raring to go. Raring to go. You recovered? You recovered from your embarrassment on Saturday? I'm not saying a word. If anyone did see that, I lost to a, a Luton fan on the pitch at half time. So not my finest moment at, uh, uh, at trying to trying to you know do my bit for the club. But uh, yes, wasn't my finest moment. But well worth a watch. There is a video coming out very soon by Utilita. So have a watch, everyone. It'll be, it'll be well we worth will be a... watching. I will plug that all over our socials. <laughs> Uh, just before we get going, guys, remember, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, please do share it around with your mates. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials at The Eden Road on Twitter and at Ealing Road Pod on Instagram. Let's just get straight into Luton. Callum, I'll come to you first, mate. You predicted on the preview that it was going to be a tight game on Saturday, but much to ours and your delight as well, I expect. It was anything but tight. We were dominant from pretty much start to finish, weren't we? Very much so. I mean, I would, the only thing I would say it was a slightly disappointing first half, as many will probably say. Um, we didn't really create many opportunities, didn't really know how to work around quite a, you know, a, a strong back line from Luton, I would say. You know, they, they weren't giving us many clear-cut opportunities. But eventually, obviously, with our extra bit of quality we had through our forward line, um, it was great to, to go and get a goal. And then I knew from there we would only kick on a little bit of a frustration to concede a goal like we did. I feel like we were pushing up too high, kind of forgetting that it was only a two-goal lead. Other than that, good performance. Great to get the win. Great to get some goals. Should have been some more, but three points. So I'm very happy going ahead to a very busy week with Brentford. Craig, are you happy with that second half? <clears throat> yes, mate. I think that it was very difficult for us to play against that low block that they was playing with in the first half, but... They had an injury right on the stroke of half-time, going into half-time itself, where Lockyer stayed down for, for quite a little while, going into that half-time break as well. And obviously, he's their, their skipper and one of their centre-backs. He went off at, at half-time. And I, I do think that changed the game slightly. They had to change their game plan a little bit. And it, it worked in our favour. And once we got that first goal, as, as Callum just said, it, it, was, it was kind of one-way traffic. Yeah, 100%. Callum, we both wanted Neil to start against Arsenal, both hoped he'd be in the lineup for Luton. Thomas obviously listens to the Eden Road podcast, can't blame him, because Neil started on Saturday. I thought he was excellent. What did, what did you make of his performance? Oh, massively. I mean, it's great to see him score another goal as well. 
could have had another one, you know, late on as well. Um, he's only going to kick on. I think there's there's more from Neil this season. Uh, of course, obviously Ivan will be back before you know it, but he's scoring he's scoring goals. He's got a couple in the bank now. He's he's hit the post a few times as well. Hit the crossbar. He's creating a lot of opportunities. So. He's going to kick on. He's going to go and score some more goals. Did very well on Saturday, so very pleased for him. Yeah, I think it's it's just so nice to see someone playing for Brentford who you can tell genuinely loves the club. I mean, with all the history that he has, with the connection that he has with the fans, you can tell that he's just happy to be here, Craig. And it's just yeah. it's it's nice that it's nice that he's happy to be here, and it's nice that he's playing well, especially after the last like few years he's had in the Premier League and the fact that he has become a little bit of a meme. Uh, and I remember I was I was listening to a, a Luton podcast before the game, and I'll come back to that. But they they were saying cows ass banjo kind of talk, and I've been I think we've all been saying he's been quality since he's re-signed for Brentford, and now yeah. he's reaping the rewards, Craig. Yeah, the red and white just brings something out of him, doesn't it? A beast <laughs> out of him. But I, I don't know if you guys have watched it. Brentford recently released a video because he's yeah. got over a hundred performances. At, yeah, appearances, sorry, performances, 100 appearances <laughs> for the club. And just watching him reminisce about when he first joined those years ago, you know, holding the scarf at Griffin Park, you could just see that there's he loves the club. And it's an immense amount of pride for him to wear the shirt whenever he gets the opportunity to step onto the pitch for Brentford. And yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, hundred percent. I enjoyed the bit where you talked about that, but the celebration against Leeds—that that was hilarious. Uh, always a good memory that. Whenever I think about that, Craig, I know you've been impressed by Yarmo. Um, yet again, another great performance. Some of his interplay with Vitali in that second half was immense. There, there was a moment where he kind of drags it back to make space for himself on the touchline and just knocks it past his man. Very Jensen-esque, which I didn't actually. I didn't. Not that, not that, not that I didn't think he had it in his locker, but I didn't think he was as as silky a footballer as as Jensen is with some of his touches and his control in those tight spaces. Um, has he put in a solid plea to start against Brighton? Because we don't know about Jensen's fitness yet, but I remember Frank saying in the last presser that they were going to rest him against Luton and in the hope that he'd be fit again for Brighton. So, does he has has he done enough to to keep his place in the team for Wednesday if if Jensen's fit again? I think it depends on the formation that we go with. If we're going to Brighton and we play back five and Jensen's fit, I don't see Yarmo starting. However, Norgard is suspended for the Brighton game as well, which could work in, in his favour to get in that starting eleven. But if Jensen's back, I think Frank starts again. And Callum... He did everything but score this weekend, so I hope you lost your money. Uh, do you know what? Honestly, boys, <laughs> I was honestly, I don't know who was there on Saturday, but when he had that opportunity, I was watching the highlights today and the, the one of the, the uh, Luton defenders cleared the ball right out to him and I was like, shoot, Frank, shoot. And he, he narrowly, narrowly just missed. I mean, I would have been 20 quid up, so, you know, I would have been a happy man. It wasn't the best odds in the world, but... But the goal is coming. The goal is coming. We put another <laughs> few pound on this week and he's going to go and score. He's got two games to do it this week, Frank. You know what to do, son. You know what to do. He did very well. He I did think, very, very well. Very impressive. I, 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 I do think Frank's going to start again um, this Wednesday against Brighton. I think he's going to start. But I think if we go back to about five, uh, Janel's still going to have to play out on that left side because obviously Aya went off as well injured in the warm-up and no one's really sure about what's happened there. So 
we're kind of we're short in every single position on the pitch, except for the goalkeeper. We're we're, we're short in every single position. So I really can't tell you whether or not I think he's going to start. Do I think he should start? Yes, I think he deserves that place in the starting eleven. But we're we're plagued all over the pitch, so I have no idea what team we're going to put out. Yeah, I think uh, Brighton set up in a four against Chelsea, but they have changed it a lot. Like us, they're plagued by injuries too. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how how that goes. We'll get on to Brighton a little bit later. I don't really think we could say too much about the Neil goal and the me goal, although there was some nice build-up play in the Neil goal. The me goal was a little bit scrappy in, just in terms of that huge deflection off Carl Morris. But we do have to talk about Shannon Baptiste, the player who I think, who I've always said is is massively underrated in terms of our midfielders. Callum, he comes on in on the 70th minute, grabs himself a goal. In my opinion, I'd, I'd start him over on Yaka, even though he did play really well. <clears throat> on Saturday, but I just think Shandon Baptiste offers more and he's as good in the press as Onyeka is. What, what do you think? How impressed were you by him? Do you think he has got a fair chance at Brentford so far? Because I think, and I've, I've touched on it before, I think out of the players that we have and that we've signed and that we've had for a long time, I feel like he could he should feel the most hard done by. Yes, he's been played by injuries, but in terms of when he does play, he does always put in a shift. Absolutely. I've, you know, Fair play for him to score on Saturday. Yes, it was one of those where it was a bit of a tap-in, but still had to go and score it. I thought he did very, very well on Saturday. And I touched upon him before. He had, I think he had a decision at the start of the season, to be honest with you. Uh, I said this a quite, quite a few months ago last season. And I said, you know, you look at the players that we have in the um, centre-mid positions, and you, you kind of said, you know, how is he going to fit in? Um, and I kind of said at the time, maybe alone may well have been a good move for him, but I hope he kicks on. You know, it, it, he's got some competition there. Yes, you think that uh, Onyeka maybe should move out for him or not? I don't know. I mean, I, you've got two games coming up now in quick succession, so I think now is a, is a good opportunity for a few players. Maybe there's a busy kind of few weeks coming up now. Maybe we need to kind of rotate in one way or another. I mean, Norgard picked up a yellow card on Saturday, which was frustrating enough as it was from that stupid referee. I mean, seven seconds to take that throw in and then he's then booked him. That's stupidity. Absolutely stupidity. So he's out of Wednesday. So obviously this could be an opportunity for him to come in and and probably prove <coughs> prove that he could he could play in that position. Um so I hope he kicks on. Good good to see him score. I need the second goal for the club. So it'd be good to see him kick on from here and, and get some more appearances and more goals in there for sure. 100%. One, one player we should definitely give some plaudits to is Sam Godos. Comes in at late notice, replacing Chris Iyer, as you mentioned earlier, Craig. Um, we'll find out about Iyer tomorrow, I suspect, in, in Frank's press conference. But Godos comes in, does a job at right back, and he has done every time he's played this season. But I'll hold my hands up and say I was one of the many Brentford fans who were pretty... Conf well, not confused, because it looked like we weren't going to get anyone in on the last day. So we kind of just brought him back. But I was uninspired, just because... Even though he was good for us in the championship, I don't think he's the level of player that we need to progress in the Premier League. Having said that, this season, Craig, he is he's playing like he's got a point to prove whenever he's called upon. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, every every thing. I think he's. I saw something on Twitter. He has played in more positions for Brentford than yeah, he has starts for Brentford. Um, <laughs> I think it was he, he over the last year. He's had six starts for Brentford. And he's played in eight different positions. And I think it just shows the versatility of the player. So 
massive credit and kudos to Sam Agos, who, like you just say, yeah, well, it was a bit of an uninspiring one. We've we've let him go. We did that big farewell with him and Pontus, where he came round the pitch, said goodbye, got his plaque, whatever it was he got, and then we brought him back in. But he's playing, as you said, as if he's got a pr- point to prove, and he's been he's been been brilliant every time he played. I can't fault him. What did you make of him, Callum, on Saturday? No, massively. I mean, I you know I was in the ground at the time when when uh, Aya got injured. Not really sure what happened to be honest with you. I mean, hopefully it's not too serious. But um, he went off a good five minutes before the rest of the players did. Before you know it, Godos is warming up with the first team, so he did not have long whatsoever to get himself ready, match prepared and ready to go. So full credit to him. He put another good display. Um, you know, he had some tricky players up against him, so he did a very good job. So. Listen, I mean, he's done fantastic. I think when you look at he was a player who didn't have a club for you know, two, three months. And uh, he's getting himself up to the match fitness he's at, he is at at the moment. Full credit to him. So, uh, um, you know, hopefully you know, keep him match fit. Good player to have in there as and when we need him. And will certainly create, create some problems for the opposition. Um, so, yeah, well played to him. Well played. Just before we round off the the looting chat, and I, it's going to be quite a short episode, I think, because when we win and it's quite dominant, there's not really much to say. We give the plaudits to players and stuff. But just before we round off, I was listening to a looting podcast before the game, as I mentioned at the top of the show. They seemed fairly relaxed about playing us. I don't know if it was just because they'd beaten Palace in the last game, but there was talk about there not being any threats on our side besides Brian. And I was kind of listening to it thinking, first of all, guys, give me a fucking shout and I'll, I'll tell you about all the threats that we have. And second of all, there are there are more threats than just Brian in our team, especially with Neil coming back into form. I feel like that's a, it's like a clubs will look at that and they'll say, oh, well, they've signed Neil Mope back and they don't really know the full story with it because they don't watch Brentford and they won't know that he's been really good every time he's played. And with the way that we were set up, I know that you thought it was going to be a tight game, Callum, but I didn't really see anything apart from three points, just with how we kind of steamrolled Burnley at home. And we kind of steamrolled West Ham, even though the scoreline didn't suggest so. Uh, I thought in the West Ham game, obviously, they got those two goals. They got those two goals and were ahead in the game. But in terms of the chances and in terms of who was on top throughout the game, I thought we were the better team. So I I was listening to that and I was just thinking, we're going to show you on, on Saturday that <clears throat> even though you beat Palace, you know, Brentford away is, is a different animal. And we're only going to get better, Craig, as you pointed out on the last podcast. We're only going to get better with all, with all the injuries coming back in the new year. Uh, anything else you boys wanted to touch on about Luton? I hope they stay up, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think they're a great club. They offer that little bit of extra in the Premier League. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to go to Kenilworth Road. I mean, they've got the unreserved seating behind that little goal. Oh, I can't wait. So, what a fantastic story that would be to see them stay up. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be hard work. They knew that. They knew that when they came into this division, you know, even to get there in the first place. Um, you know, full credit to them for what they've done. And hopefully they can stay up. I mean, look, anything can happen in football. Obviously, Bournemouth are on a bit of a run now, unfortunately. So they've kind of pulled clear slightly of the, the bottom three. But if anyone, I think, can get out of it, it could be Luton Town. So let's hope they stay up. It'll be good to see them. It'll be good to see them next season. I, I do just want to uh, I do just want to give a little shout out to KLP. Um, yeah. I thought when he came on, he was brilliant, and he's kind of in the same boat that uh, Kevin Shard was for me, where he just needs a goal. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's actually scored for us yet. He's scored in the cup. 
Oh, oh yeah, because Colchester wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he hasn't scored scored a Premier League goal for us yet. I mean, no, I, I can't remember who it was. He hit the post against someone from on the line. Basically, I'll have to try and remember. Oh uh, yeah, no, I, it it was against Bournemouth at home, wasn't it? Oh, might have been, yeah. Brian Mister Sitter, Kino's part Mister Sitter. I remember, yeah. He's hit the post. He's essentially on the line. He's hit the other post, far away, furthest away from him. But um. It's just been brilliant. I think every time he comes on, he offers us something new. And as I say, he's in the same boat as Kevin where he just needs that goal. And if he gets that goal, it'll kick on because he does everything. And talking about Shandon's goal, it was the build-up, the ball out to, to, to KLP. And he beats two players like easy cuts through them like butter. Like they're not even there. Gets past another player, gets a shot away. Right, ricochets off him, gets a shot off. Ricochets again to Shandon who puts it in the top corner. But if he could just get that goal, it'll be another another big, big player for us. 100%. We're talking about a player who was championship player of the season when we signed him. And you do see kind of these flashes whenever he's played. I know some people have written him off, but I've, I've seen whenever he's played these kind of little flashes of nice touches here and there. There was before Shandon's goal, there was a nice little moment where it kind of gets lofted over to him on the left-hand side. He flicks it between two men and runs into the box. But yeah, I'm, I'm expecting more from him. And I think, like you say, just needs that first goal. And then he'll kick on. Let's uh, let's go on to hot topic before we do a little preview of Brighton. I think this week there's only one thing to talk about really, and that's that incredible City Spurs game on Sunday that had everything really. I mean, there was goals, own goals, late drama, referee calls that were that have caused some some stirrings from from a certain Erling Haaland on Twitter. Craig, lots been made of City's recent dip in form. Do you still see them as favourites to win the league, despite looking far from last year's City? I mean, there was a good result for Liverpool on the weekend against uh, against Fulham, which made me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> and then <clears throat> Spurs looked good as well. What, what do you? What, how are you seeing this title race? Because people are saying that City just looks so different from the team that they were last year. But I reckon, you know, until after Christmas, we're not going to see a very clear picture. What do you reckon? I think that we're in for one of the tightest title races that we've seen for a few years now. Obviously, last year, it was looking like it was going to go the distance and Arsenal fell off at the end. I think City have got enough in them to do it again. I would like to see someone else win the league. I would like to see someone else win the league. I'm not really bothered who wins it. It's just, you know, a bit of a change. All of this dominance that Man City have had it kind of gets a bit repetitive. It gets a bit boring. You want it to be mixed up a little bit. See another team have that bit of success. So, do I think they'll win it again? Do I think they're favourites? Yeah, I think they are. They always have that bit of quality. And once we get to February, you just see them pull away from everyone else. It doesn't really matter what's happening at the top of the league. Once we get to February, they just seem to hit that next level. And they just steamroll until the end of the season, until they play Brentford, of course. How are you seeing it? How are you seeing it going, Callum, at the moment? I think I think City are going to win the league, to be honest with you. I think Arsenal are going to get there. The, the, the run is going to run out eventually for them, as it has done previously. Um, they'll they'll crumble. And City have the, the better players. City have the better players, honestly. Without a doubt, they have the, the, they have the talent to come off the bench. I look at Arsenal's bench and I say, realistically, who is on there that can come on and create anything unless they go and spend some money in January, which is possible. They may well go and do that. City are winning this league. Look, they picked up three draws in a row now, City. Fair enough. They were unlucky on uh, Sunday. 
Um, I don't think personally the referee had a, 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 a good game at all. I mean, what was he thinking with that with that last? I mean, I have no clue. I, I, I said this a few weeks ago. I said, boys, I said, listen, and now a few are called out for it as well on social media. Referees have to come out and explain what on earth they're thinking sometimes. Like, why? Why? He's put his arm out to to uh, to say, right, advantage is being played here. City are in on goal. For some reason, he's then decided to pull it back. Now, I've done my FA badges, as I've said many times on here. If, you know, fair enough. They say to you all the time, referees, they say to players, they say, listen, if I blow up for this, then fair enough, I apologise. He hadn't blown. What I don't understand is he's called advantage and he's then blown it, he's then pulled it back when he's on one-on-one. I don't understand. And honestly, someone's got to come out and explain this because I'm completely lost. But uh, no, I feel sorry for City. I think they should have had the win on Saturday, Sunday, sorry. Uh, Tottenham scored a you know, great last-minute equaliser. Um, fantastic limbs in that away and brought back some good memories when we, you know, when we were there and won in such fashion. So, but I think cities, still cities, they haven't, they haven't, you know, as I said, they got the players. Arsenal, you know, I think they're going to spend big. But it'll be interesting. Be interesting to see, as it always is with the Premier League. There's stuff going on. Never rule out Aston Villa either. Aston Villa are causing a few issues at the moment. So. Well, I, was just, I, I was just going to say about Villa, but before though, the only the only when I watched the clip back of of uh, Hooper Simon Hooper on the on the weekend, the only thing that I th- can think of as to why he's blown the whistle after giving the advantage is that he's just completely misjudged the flight of the ball, and he's thinking Haaland has passed it straight back into the Spurs back line. That's the only that's the only thing because because you you're absolutely right. He literally gives the advantage. And then stops play as soon as the ball goes over the top. It's just bizarre. Makes no sense. That's what I mean. It, go go on. on. I was going to say, <laughs> just just come out and explain it. Then everyone doesn't. Then we don't have to have this uh, this conversation. We can say right. They, you know, they stopped doing this in two thousand and four, two thousand and five. They used to stick the referees out in front of the media at the end of the game, ask them the questions. Why have you done this? Why have you done that? They don't do it anymore. Just sit in front of a camera for a few minutes. They get paid enough for a year. Flipping it, honestly, get them to answer some questions. Don't send the main man out after the incident's even happened. We want to hear it from the referee themselves. They get paid enough. There you go. Do your job. And if you can't do it properly, there's the door. Simple as that. <laughs> I just don't think you, you would get much vindication from Simon Hooper coming out and saying, yeah, I cocked up. Like, what, what, do you, what do you get from that, Callum? What, what, do you... Just relegate him then. Relegate <laughs> him down to the championship. I've had enough of them, honestly. There's enough, there's enough good referees coming through at the moment that if idiots like that, they haven't got the clue, then get rid of them. That's what I say well, there. You, you say about relegating them. Didn't they relegate Anthony Taylor for a game? He gave a yeah. very, very dubious <laughs> penalty in Preston. And then they gave him the Chelsea City game. So oh, no, I saw that. <laughs> what, what, what's the point? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's very messy at the moment in terms of PJMOL referees VAR. It's just that land, that whole thing is like, it's just becoming such a big talking point every week. And I'm not surprised. I mean, Jack Grealish does go have to go on and score, uh, that people kind of forget about that. And I just talking just on the topic of Villa, if um, because I believe Rodri and Jack Grealish are both out for the Villa game. When, when City play the midweek, week, Arsenal play away at Luton. So if City lose that game and Arsenal beat Luton, they'll have six points on City going into 
this like congested period over Christmas. But Craig, are you still thinking six points at this point means nothing when it's <laughs> when Arsenal's track record in terms of being points clear means weren't, seemingly weren't, fuck weren't, all. <laughs> weren't Arsenal like eight points ahead of City yeah. with about ten games to go last season? Yeah, they were. It, they were. Until we get until we get past the Christmas period, which is one of the busiest periods in the calendar, get into February. Then we'll see the table start setting. And then we'll see City taking over. Just, just to throw forward, what what are we thinking for for next year in terms of Brentford? I mean, I touched on it earlier. We 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 have a lot of injuries coming back. We're kind of we're getting we're starting to get these results against the teams below us now. Uh, obviously, we we lost against Liverpool, lost against Arsenal. But what's the feeling? around next year, Callum, in terms of when we come up against these big six sides? Because we had such a great record last year. Uh, do you do you see any more kind of fruits coming from those fixtures in terms of in comparison to the ones we've already had against the big six? I, I know we beat Chelsea and they're not really a big six anymore, but no. well, how, do you, how do you see next year shaping up with the injuries coming back? I think we're going to... We touched upon this last week, but I think we're going to go and we're going to go and cause a few problems for the big six. You European know, tour. No, absolutely. No, I, I said this the other day. Look, there's teams, they're all taking points off of each other. And we're only five points off of top seven. So, look, listen. And, you know, look, they're saying next year, the top five get Champions League. So, I mean, even push it to that. Like, it's, uh, you know, you've got to dream big. You've got to dream big in football, right? <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, listen. Listen, I think we, I think as long as we can keep the injuries to a minimum in the second half of the season, I don't see a reason why we can't kick on and go and do exactly what we did last year. Go and cause big, big problems. I mean, you know, we're doing that already this season with the with the caliber of teams we've we've played against and picked up some very good results against. But I think we can go even better in the second half of the season. You know, there's so many players, so many quality players, and he's gonna have a huge headache, Thomas Frank. Huge headache uh, of who to pick. Um, I can see some of the, the fringe players. If if we have a full strength team, I can certainly see some of the youngsters going out on loan, like on a keep bay or something like that. Go and get them some first team football. Um, but no, Joe. One thing I was dreaming of on, on Saturday was Charlie Good getting off that bench. I tell you, honestly, <laughs> I thought, you know what? If we if we score a fourth one in the next three minutes. Get Charlie Good on that pitch. I think it'd be great to see him back on that pitch. I'll tell you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we. I think we have a good second half of the season and see what happens. Right? See what happens. Brentford. You're shaking going. your head, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking it would be quite amusing to see Charlie Good. A lot of people forgot he played for Brentford for a long while. He's been he's been out of the squad for so long. But just yeah. just to to kind of reiterate what Callum said and you said, Mike, we've got. To get to a point in January where we're still... I didn't realise how close we were to our top seven. I didn't realise we were only five points outside of it. If we can get to January, February time, as I keep saying in February, uh, through this busy period and still be in touch, even five, six points outside of that top seven, get all of our players back, or I say all, get a lot of the players that are coming f- back from injury into the team, keep Ivan Tony over the over January, unless well, someone wants to pay £100 million for him, keep Ivan Tony. I see no reason why we can't push for that top seven. I see no reason why. We might yeah. we might not make it. We might fall just short as we did last season, but I think it's going to be one heck of a second half. Yeah, no. 
Sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good to me. Let's hope for that. Let's let's uh, do a quick chat on Brighton. Craig, how are you feeling ahead of the game on Wednesday? Obviously, Brighton, I mentioned at the top, they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Roberto Deserbin makes changes to his side pretty much every week with their, well, considering they're, they're competing on both fronts in, in the Premier League and the Europa League. But how, how are you feeling ahead of Brighton? <clears throat> I, I, every time we play Brighton, I'm never confident about going down there for some reason. I, I've, I've enjoyed going down there in recent years, you know, playing their last season, drawing three all, even though we were dreadful that game. Like we touched on last week where Scott Hogan had bagged a couple down there. And I remember Andre Gray scoring an incredibly deflected goal. Um, but I, I quite like Brighton. As a as a football club and as a setup. I quite like them as well. I think go down there, don't lose. Come yeah. over a point. We've got a win yet on Saturday. Keep a little bit of momentum going. Go there, don't lose. And then we've got to look to Sheffield United. For me, that's the that's the big one, Sheffield United. <clears throat> yeah, especially with their kind of the uncertainty around them at the moment. They were absolutely dreadful against Burnley on, on the weekend. Callum, I spoke to a Brighton fan with the episode coming out tomorrow, as I mentioned. He reckons there's going to be goals, as is the trend with Brighton this season. I don't think they've kept a clean sheet, but I also think they've scored in consecutive games for a silly amount of games. Uh, we in for, I hope we're not in for another game like last season because, as Craig mentioned, we were under the cosh for pretty much that whole of the second half. It was it was just awful. And I'm surprised they only managed to get one in that second half when they probably should have had five or six. But how are you feeling ahead of the game? I know it's going to be it's going to be tough. Roberto De Zerbi, I reckon, is, is one of the most tactically attacking minded managers in the league. So it's definitely going to be tough. Yeah, massively. I think they've got some fantastic players, Brighton. I've always admired um, how they've come up as well as us um, over the leagues over the last you know, 10 seasons. Um, one player who I'm not looking forward to playing against is, of course, Matoma. Matoma always seems to turn up against Brentford. Um, he's back from injury now. Um, he, was, he only played 15 minutes against Chelsea, but you know he's going to be fit, raring to go. Got a good scoring record against Brentford. Scored a good goal against us last season. So, it'd be interesting. I mean, look, as long as we don't go there and it's difficult, you know, what kind of formation do we play? That's the number one question. Do we go there and play a back five? We play a four? You know, this is the thing. It's it's interesting, but there's going to be goals. There is going to be goals there on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, I I hope we can go there and win. I love... I love going to Brighton and winning. I think it's one of those grounds. It's a shame it's midweek, uh, but uh, I think if we can go there, go and get a win in front of the cameras, great for confidence going into a difficult game, which I think is a difficult game at Sheffield United on Saturday. Yeah, they'll have a new manager bounce by the looks of it. I do think um, we should just kind of go to Brighton and accept that they're going to score. And in <laughs> and in that respect, in that respect, just just go for a back four and hope that we score more than them. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, no, <laughs> Good I, game plan? I, I don't, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, go for it. I, I, do you know what? A lot of these times where we're going away from home, we keep reverting to that back three, back five, whichever way people want to look at it. We've had a lot more success, I feel, this season when we start with a back four and we yeah. go with a front three of Wissam Alpe and Boyle. It just seems to work better, and I prefer it. I feel like we're more attacking. We play more exciting football when we do it that way. But, yeah, yeah I mean, 
let's just go there and outscore them. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be a good place to wrap things up, boys. The Edinburgh podcast will be back tomorrow night for that Brighton preview. So please do keep your eyes peeled for that. And just before we go, guys, remember if you haven't already listened to the podcast, please do share it around with your mates. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels and leave a rating whilst you're at it. Remember, for the updates on the podcast dropping tomorrow, you can just follow us on our socials. That's at the Eden Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. Callum Craig, pleasure as always, and I'll see you on Wednesday. See you later. See you later, everyone. Podcast Network.